Hello and welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. This is episode 235, Email Goodness, with your host, Harry Marks, and me, Dave Kittle. Hey, Harry. Hello, Dave. Harry, 235. We're chugging along. 235. So that's, what, 15, 15 shows now? Right. F- 14 because shows? there was no year zero. Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. Um, I don't know about uh new jersey where you are right now but massachusetts is scorching hot today yeah it's uh 90 to, no 93 today tomorrow it will Yikes. be 99 um so i will not be leaving the house and <laughs> yeah i'm i'm over this now yeah i was gonna do a little yard work but n- nope it can wait yeah no it's <laughs> it's absolutely horrendous today even we have this back room this playroom that's sort of you can you can close the door it's got glass doors but then it turns the whole thing into an oven so yeah. my son has to clean it. It's his playroom. And we basically, he can only do it from like the hours of 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then after the sun goes down and everything in between is just forget it. Right, it's just like a sweat factory. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we're talking about email today. But before we begin, let's look at our tools of the week. Uh, my tool of the week is a piece of software called Amphetamine. And what this does is it doesn't get your computer all hopped up. It allows it to especially your laptop, stay awake, or I guess it's more accurate to say, prevents it from going to sleep if you close it. So everything will function as if the computer were wide awake doing whatever you need it to do um, with the lid shut. So you have to make a big download or, I don't know, you might know a use for this better than I do, listener, but for whatever reason, you can't have the lid open. Um, Amphetamine will let your Mac act as if it is wide awake, even though the lid is shut. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I use a I use a similar app um, for what. Yeah, I want to have a big download. I don't know if apps like Zoom or Skype will uh, allow your computer to go to sleep or go to screensaver at least. But mm. um, if if they do, I haven't really tested it. But if they do, this might be a good way to to make sure that you you know if you tune into that Zoom meeting and you zone out, you know your <laughs> your computer doesn't suddenly go to screensaver. <laughs> right. Hey, where did you go? Are you <clears throat> playing on your phone? No, no. Honestly, no. I'm paying attention. Uh, Harry, what is your tool this week? My tool is CleanShot X, which is a screen capture and screenshotting tool. Uh, It has its own cloud service, so you can take a screenshot, it goes up into the cloud, and you can retrieve it for later, Um, so you can paste it into tweets and other things. Um, What's really cool is that when you take a screenshot, you can actually clear all the items off your desktop. So if you have to take a screenshot of your desktop or, or your desktop's in the background somewhere, all the little icons for your files and stuff will disappear, and you can take a clean shot. That's very nice. There have been times where I've had to produce um, screenshots for a publication. And of course, I don't necessarily want to advertise everything that's on my desktop. So I've made a new folder, dragged everything into that folder, hidden it away. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. have to go into that folder, resort stuff where it lived in previously. And that's a pain. This thing, this one click and does it for you. Great. Exactly. And you can annotate, you can redact things, you can... Um, you can do uh, scrolling capture. So if you need to f- capture something that doesn't fit on your screen, like a chat history or a big chunk of mm-hmm. code, you can capture scrolling content, which is pretty oh, cool. Great. Yep. And it's in Set App. So if you pay the $10 a month for Set App, it's, you know, quote free. It's part of the package. So you can download it right there. Sounds super useful. If you're making how-tos or other things that require less of screenshots, that could be a good way. Yeah, and it does GIFs to too. Go. Nice. Uh, let's talk about email, baby. <laughs> so I think we should probably start with apps since we're Mac users and we assume a good number of our listeners are Mac users as well. We could probably just start right with Apple Mail. If yep. you buy a new piece of Apple hardware, computer or a phone, 
or an iPad, you are going to be welcomed with Apple Mail as the default email client. Indeed. Apple Mail is a solid mail app. It's usually the one I end up going back to after months of using another application. Though I've been, mm -hmm. now, now that I'm on Hay, uh, Hay is all I'm using, uh, except for I, I do use another application called Spark, which we'll get into later. But I usually end up going for, you know, with my Gmail accounts and my iCloud accounts, going back to Apple Mail because it really is, you know, the standard on any Apple product. It's solid, it's stable. On the Mac, you can integrate it with plugins like Mail Tags and Mail Act On. So mm -hmm. you can incorporate rules and tagging for your emails so you can have them filter wherever you want or you can if you need to retrieve them more easily later you can tag them you know you have receipts you have um, communications you want to hold on to job inquiries all that stuff you can tag them appropriately and get to them later but you know apple mail is tried and true it doesn't do as much as other applications but it's really really solid and for what it does it's it's excellent yeah, a couple of things I really like. I like uh, VIP, mm -hmm. where you can ask Apple Mail to highlight mail from a certain sender. I mean, if you want, if you're waiting for something important, or there's a person whose messages you absolutely want to make sure do not slip through the cracks, you can identify them as a VIP. Um, of course, it offers a unified inbox. So if you're getting your Gmail, your um, iCloud Mail, whatever else, they can all show in a single stream. Um, one thing that I wish I could do is sort of cut, make a customized. Unified inbox, and if there's a way to do this and I'm missing it, please let me know. For example, let's say you're getting work email uh, via Apple Mail somehow, and you'd like to turn that off during the weekend. It would be nice to go to your weekend view where it's everything except that one account. Right. Um, I don't know if that's possible, but that would be a fun thing to set up because... As we'll talk about later, I don't want to look at work email when I am not at work. <laughs> I wish every email client allowed you to just turn off an account just with a, like a little switch, you know, disable for, you know, or do it with an automation, you know, from Friday at 530 to Monday at 6 a.m. Disable this account and I don't want to see it. Right. Like uh, a do not disturb, but at the mail level. Yes, exactly. I do not want to see this account for the next 16 hours. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if um, Federico Vitici at Mac Stories has done a, a shortcut like that or some sort of automation, if that can even happen. But I'd be interested to see, especially if another email client incorporates something like that. Yep. Speaking of work, uh, Outlook is probably the 200-pound gorilla of work email. Mm -hmm. It is what I use at work right now. I do keep it separate, as we'll talk about a little bit. But first, a little bit about Outlook. Especially on iOS, I'll say it's a really nice email app. It is. It's really, and what's funny is I, I know some people who use it as their default personal email account or e uh, email application because it really is, it's slick. It's got that nice, clean, flat design. It looks great on the iPhone and, and the iPad, and mm -hmm. it incorporates with your calendar beautifully. It does. A couple of things I really like about this one is received files. If you tap the looking glass, the magnifying glass in the little toolbar at the bottom of the iOS app. I'm not sure if this happens on iPad because I don't have an iPad, so I can't test. Mm -hmm. But you can scroll through um, a list of just attachments you've received, mm -hmm. you know, divorced from the messages that spawned them because that's such a time waste that you're scrolling through emails to find that one attachment. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. This lets you scroll through just attachments that you've received, making it much, much easier to find that one PDF or that one doc form that you're looking for. The other nice thing is it has um, built-in collaboration, I guess, with To-Do. Uh, To-Do is Microsoft's To-Do task manager. And 
if you tap that same looking glass uh, icon, you can there's you'll find the create a task and to do button. Just tap that; it will open to do for you up in a nice little sheet, and you can make your task right there. So if the to do is an app you use, you probably really enjoy the integration that is a part of Outlook. Do you know does Outlook integrate with OneNote at all, where you can you can sort of make an, take an email as sort of a notational item and reference it later, so then you would click on it and take go back to Outlook, that kind of thing. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm not seeing it, but that could be because I don't have OneNote installed. I'm mm. wondering if I installed it, that would become available. Um, as of right now, I don't know. So, yeah, listener, I, if you know, let us know. Yes, I, I do know OneNote has like really great collaboration tools, um, and mm. you can get like digests of everything that happens. It's sort of like Dropbox. You know, someone makes a change, you get a, a little change notice. Um, Google Docs does the same thing. So, I'm curious to know if there's integration with Outlook there as well. Yeah, I'd like to know that as well. Right now, Harry, you and I are on the hay train. We are. Do we want to skip to but, hay or do we want to, to do Spark first? Yeah, so I'm saying before yes. we hopped aboard the hay train, you and I were both heavy Spark users. I, now, Spark is an email client from Riaddle. They make a whole bunch of good apps. They do. PDF expert. Um, uh, not ScanBot. Um, is it ScanBot? I do the, Maybe. Yeah, they, they make a really terrific scanner application as well. Um, but yeah, I, I tweeted out several weeks ago, and I still stand by this, that Spark is the best third-party email client out there. If you don't use Hey, if you use Google, um, AOL still, if you use iCloud, any of that, I still think for bang for your buck, and you're not paying anything for it really unless you do Spark Teams, mm-hmm. Um it is the best third-party email client available. It is solid. The feature set is fantastic. The swipe actions are great. Um, everything's customizable. It looks fantastic. It's just, I, I really, it's the one I use all the time. Yeah, I want to talk about those swipe gestures because you get four, essentially, per mm-hmm. message. There's a long swipe right, a, long, a short swipe right, and then the same thing left, long and short. And there's a whole list of actions you can assign to each of those four swipes. So if you find the four that you really like or things you do very often, like reply or archive or who knows what, they can just be a swipe away. And boy, that over time, that saves so much time. You have to get used to it. There were some times where I would over swipe or under swipe and do the action I did not want to do. But honestly, after just a couple of days, you get used to how far you should move your thumb left or right. And uh, boy, it's, it's, it's really, really useful. Yeah, it's really great, and it's it's similar and very different in some ways to the the next one on our list, which is um, Airmail. Airmail yep. used to be very buggy, very glitchy, <clears throat> crashed a lot, um, had trouble fetching mail sometimes. But what sets Airmail apart, and they've gotten a lot better. I used it a couple months ago, and they they've gotten a lot better. But what sets it apart from Spark and the others is the number of actions underneath the hood. So other, instead of just snooze and move and archive and delete. There are integrations with things like Todoist and OmniFocus. So mm-hmm. you can tap a more menu and get access to, for example, you can send messages straight to OmniFocus without having to forward them to that OmniFocus email address. You can create to-do items in Todoist. You can send them to all these different places right from Airmail, um, which is really great. Um, it just, for me, it was a little overwhelming. I, I like the way Spark gives you only four swipe actions and you can customize them to whatever you want, but I don't have to remember, you know, what everything does or where something is in a list. And I, you know, there's honestly the number of integrations in airmail is so vast that it's just, it's too much for me. What is that 
Oh, I remember I reading an article somewhere about um, the number of choices humans can experience successfully. Oh, and yeah, it's, it's 12 a was a cutoff point. Is that what it is? Something like that. Yeah, it's the paradox of choice. You know, you mm. get so many options to choose from that you're, you're paralyzed. You cannot pay, make a choice. Yes, and I think this article tried to identify that number. I can't remember what the number was. Like two you can handle, three you can handle, four, and there's a point where it gets murky, and there's a point where it just becomes troublesome to have that many right. options. That's why it's impossible, that, it's impossible to pick floor, floor tile at the hardware store because there are just way too many options. Right. <laughs> just show me three. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> the next thing on our list, uh, Edison Mail, I've not used. So I'll ask you to talk about it. Yeah, so Edison Mail was in the news recently because there was a bug that exposed users' email accounts to complete strangers. So you may, this is in May of of this year, so it's possible that your account wasn't compromised, but for some reason there was a glitch that allowed other strangers to just look at your email, which is really weird. Um, That has since been fixed. Um, but what's cool about Edison Mail is got a really clean design. Um, they do similar things to what Gmail does, where it will look in your email and see, oh, you have a flight confirmation, you have tickets to a show, you have a calendar, like an invitation to something, and it will surface those in visual ways so that you don't forget, or or it will um, prompt you with, um, you know, visual cues like, oh, your flight confirmation. Here's, you know. Uh, an image of the the city you're going to and the weather conditions and directions and all this other information you might need um, that'll float to the top of your your inbox and it'll look really cool um, and that's that's where Edison Mail really excels. They also have a a cloud service um, starting up soon mm-hmm. <clears throat> where they will it's similar to Sanebox where they will let you process your email using AI. Um, and training. So, you know, newsletters will get funneled into one folder and receipts will get funneled into another folder. So um, we'll get into Sanebox in a little bit, but that's something that's starting soon. It's just a summer 2020. So I don't know when that'll launch, but it's in the pipeline. Who knows? 2020 strikes again. Yeah. It's just ever since that, that news about that bug came out, I never really felt like testing it. So <laughs> yeah. I haven't really jumped in. <laughs> I think that's understandable. Um, we can talk about apps all day because there are apps that are a mile long. And I know you've, you've struggled with an email app addiction for quite a while. Yes. So let's just uh, wrap things up with Hey, which is where you and I both are in our email yes. journeys, if you will. I have been switching everything over to Hey. Um, I do, I've been doing my <clears> yearly <throat> purge of 1Password accounts. So going through and closing stuff that I don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. And anything I do need, I'm switching over to my Hey account so I can get everything in one place. Um, I've, I'm really liking it. It's sort of retraining my brain how to think of email. It's not about inbox zero. It's about processing or getting the information out that I need and you know letting the email just go to the bottom. Um, I really love the ability to merge threads. I've had a couple of, um, you know, job related things from the same person, but different threads uh, mm-hmm. that I've been able to blend together. And then I can rename the subject line. So I know what it's about and it doesn't change on their end. It just changes for me. So I can recognize what that email thread is about. Um, I do love the automatic buckets for paper trail, which are receipts and, and order confirmations. Mm-hmm. And then the feed, which is newsletters. Um, I do wish there was a way to sort of put like deal emails and sale emails from stores I shop at, you know, shop this weekend, get 30% off, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd really love to see that get its own bucket, sort of a maybe a shopping bucket or yeah. something like that, because it's not a receipt and it's not a newsletter. It's in this weird gray limbo area. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely loving the thread renaming as well. And I'm also loving clips. So as we'll talk about in mm-hmm. a little bit, the purpose of email is to sort of, you know, convey information. And the 
the one nugget of information you want from that email might be buried among some, hey, how you doing? How are your kids? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it finally says, by the way, um, the thing on Thursday starts at 6.30. So all I really need, um, you know, aside from the niceties, is that Thursday at 6.30. So I can highlight that in Hey and then add it to my clips. And clips becomes a list of just words, you know, sentences, paragraphs that you've highlighted. So you can just jump right to the nugget of information you need without having to scroll and search. Um, boy, right. I, I'm using the daylights out of that. It's really nice. Yeah, and I've, I've been using reply later also. So you can mark an email to reply later. It'll bump it to the bottom, sort of like a little bar at the bottom of your your uh, Hey client. Mm -hmm. And what that does is, for example, I had an email come in from a recruiter saying, hey, I've got this opportunity. Um, let me know if the salary requirements are okay. And I didn't want to seem too desperate. So I marked it as reply later. <laughs> and then, you know, an hour later, two hours later, I went in and I replied and I said, yep, that looks great. Thank you. <laughs> and just knowing like I didn't have to dig around later, scrolling up and down my email right. client. I didn't have to flag it or anything. It was just there. And then when I was done and I replied to it, it moved back into my inbox, you know, where it was originally. So it was taken care of. So that kind of stuff I really like. Yeah, perfect. One big thing we should point out is um, you can use all of the apps we've talked about for free apple mail outlook spark uh airmail and edison of course spark does have a paid option um yes. hey does not have a free option beyond the 14 day free trial it's right. a 99 dollars well, a year i believe it is and if you want a two character account it's like 999 dollars a year so if you want tj at hey.com or you know ab at hey.com it's a thousand dollars a year but the good news is um, whatever tier you you go in on, you have that account for life. So even right. if you stop paying, that email address will never be retired. Right. Very very nice. Um, yeah. So just be aware of that. Um, but they give we you two say, weeks to check it out. We should say the Hey client in the App Store is free. You just can't use it unless you sign up for the Hey account. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 true. <laughs> so there's a bunch of apps you can go and check out, see what you like. If you have one that you really love, uh, you can certainly let us know. Let's move on to plugins, other additions that can make your email experience that much better. Uh, we mentioned SaneBox earlier, so let's jump over there. So SaneBox yeah. uses, I think, AI and machine learning to understand what you consider an important message, something you really want to see versus something you might want to see later versus something you do not want to see. Um, this right. is also paid. I believe it is also $99 a year. And I was a customer for a very, very long time. I've turned it off now that I'm using Hey, just to see if I can get a similar same boss experience from it. Um, but I found it to be very successful in what it claims to do. Yeah, there. So there are a couple levels to Sanebox. There's like a basic level that might be the hundred dollars a year one that you were talking about, where you yeah. get it's it's three folders. You get Sane, Sane later, Sane black hole, and Sane receipts. And then mm -hmm. there's a, a level above that. Um, I'm looking at their. I'm loading up their pricing page now there's a level above that where you get other folders so you get um sane uh what is it there there's like um oh, so, okay so lunch is 99 dollars a year dinner is 299 dollars a year <laughs> but you get four email accounts um but you get different um folders for allowing you to handle like reminders or um if you need if you reply to someone or email someone that email will get filed into a sane no replies folder. And so after, I don't remember what the threshold is exactly. It's like four days, five days. It'll surface back up to your inbox and prompt you, hey, you haven't heard back from this person. Do you want to follow up? So that's really cool. I like that a lot. 
Um, you can also um, send it to same. There's an email address that will remind you. So that's the reminders thing. So it'll remind you. Um, let's say you email someone and you want to be reminded. 10 days from now, you don't care if it's a week later, um, it'll remind you in those 10 days by sending it back to you from that account. So there's SaneBox does a lot of cool stuff, um, but mostly it's the Sane Later folder that you'll be going into. And it'll put your newsletters, it'll put your receipts, not, not your receipts, your confirmation emails, your, you know, anything that doesn't come from a human being. But if it does come from a human being and it does end up in your Sane Later folder, mm -hmm. you just drag it to your inbox and then you've retrained that contact. And you'll get a digest at the end of the day or the end of the week saying you have trained so and so many contacts. Um, what's really cool is if you accidentally drag someone. So, yeah. for example, I had um, the the old company I used to work for. Someone had passed away and I'm in the alumni program at that company. So I get these emails when someone dies. And so I don't need to see these emails anymore. I don't want to remember that company. So I dragged it into Sane Black Hole. And they sent me an email a couple hours later saying, hey, you dragged this into Sane Black Hole. Are you sure you want to train us to send this person away? Because yeah. it's coming from a human being. It's not coming from a, a generic email account. And I said, yep, I'm good. And that's where it will go. It will only ever go into Sane Black Hole now. So Right. But if you got a, something down there by mistake, uh, what a huge help. You could say, yes, you're right. I made a mistake. Please send that. I want to keep seeing those again. Great. Yep. So um, I found it to be very, very useful. It is very satisfying to send things into the black hole, knowing you will never see them again. And often it's easier than going through whatever unsubscribe rigmarole you would have to deal with um, otherwise. Send to the black hole, you don't have to worry about it. Um, we could talk a little bit about Mail Suite. This is something I played with, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember, a long time ago now. Um, and I really liked it. I found yeah. it kind of fiddly and I, I sort of stopped. Yeah, this uh, this is what I had sort of talked about before. Mail Suite, when I re when I had used it, it was years and years ago, and it was individual applications and plugins. So it mm -hmm. was Mail Tags and Mail Acton, yep. and they've sort of bundled it all now into Mail Suite. Um, I, the, uh, the developer has made this now this bundle of um, Apple Mail plugins that you can do some really wonderful stuff with your mail. And like I mentioned, you can tag your emails. Mm -hmm. You can create these filter rules so that when emails come in, they just automatically go where they need to go. So sort of like Sanebox, but you have to do it yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's another option if you're like all in on Apple Mail. Uh, this is great to do. The only caveat is you don't get this on the mobile devices. You don't get it on your iPad or your iPhone. This is only on the Mac because, unfortunately, Apple will not allow you to install plugins for mail on the iPad or the iPhone. Right. I can remember Brett Terpstra praising Mail Act on uh, years and years mm -hmm. ago. I think that's where I first heard of it. Yep. Shall we move on to best practices? I think so. I think that's why people listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the list. This is something that you and I have mentioned in passing. It's something I've written yes. about, and I know it's something you have done as well. Please yep. don't use your email as your to-do list, as tempting as it might be. Right. Email should be processed. If you get an email that you absolutely need to hold on to, I think flagging it is great. Mm -hmm. I usually do that. If I get a work email, someone is asking me for something to send them something, I will flag it so I know to respond to them. It's not my to-do list. It's just there to remind me, hey, when you have the answer, this is the email you need to send it to. Mm -hmm. um, but if someone sends me information, I take that information out of the email and I either archive it or I delete it. And usually at work, I archive it and I put it into a folder. Um, but I, I never just leave it in the inbox. The inbox is not the, it's not the repository 
for everything. And I've worked with people who have done that, who have had 15, 16,000 emails from literally the, the first day they started work. Yes. And then they come to me and they ask, why is it taking me so long to find things? Why is it loading so slowly? Well, it's because you're a pack rat and a hoarder and <laughs> you need to get rid of some things. You're a digital hoarder. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what you said. I mean, the analogy I always think of is if you go grocery shopping and you bring your bags of groceries home and you just leave them on the table. Like you don't put them in the fridge, in the freezer, in right. the cabinet, and now you're complaining that you can't find the cup of noodles. Well, that's why, because you haven't decided what it is and then put it where it needs to go. So this goes back to the nugget of information we were talking about earlier. The email is really just, it's just a, a, that nugget delivery system. It's just sending you that bit of information that you need. You don't need the email itself. You need whatever the actionable nugget is whether it's file this away for later or it's call Janie or it's arrange for the car to get an oil change. So what you need to do is identify the nugget. Uh, what is it? And then decide where does it go? Does it go in a calendar? Um, does it go in my to-do app? Does it go in my little notebook they're going to look at? The most important thing is, well, there's two things here. One, I can't tell you where it goes because it's going to differ for everyone. Um, I'm sure, Harry, you and I would put that in a different place. The important thing is you put it in a place that um, your brain trusts your brain is a it's unique entity in this in this scenario because if it trusts you're going to look at it, it will stop nagging you about it and you will stop feeling badly about it. So I like to put things today in notion. Um, we can talk about that forever, mm -hmm. as you know, um, because I know for a fact that I will look at that every day and I will find that nugget of information that says to call Janie or to schedule the oil change for the car. And I can either archive or delete the email because that's just the bag with my groceries in it. I don't need that anymore. I've re extracted right. the important information, decided what it is, and then put it where it needs mm -hmm. to go. Yeah, I have a uh, last year I had written on Medium um, a, an article. It was called the 333 email system. It was this little system I developed for myself mm -hmm. where there are three questions I ask myself about my email, three folders they all go into, and I have to decide within three seconds what to do with this email. Some of the three questions are immediate can this, be e can this email be dealt with right now? If it needs a quick reply or it needs to be filed, I'll just do that and get it out of my way. Um, does it contain information? Does it have something I'll need later? Um, I can either keep that info in um, a draft or a Google Doc um, or a, a note, and then I can delete and archive the email, get it out of my way. And then the last one is item, because I needed a third eye, and this is the closest I could get to it. <laughs> so uh, basically, if it can't be done right away, can it be added to my to-do list as an item, or um, can it just be processed to be done with now and you know nine times out of ten it's a to-do list item and it'll but then i i have the information or the the item i need to do and it's out of my way and so with the three folders and this is i had said in the, the post this is completely optional you can use as many folders as you want and um i think i've mentioned when i when i am at work i use project folders for my projects so that i don't ever have to wonder what happened to that email mm -hmm. um, but for my personal inbox um i have different folders for what I do. It's um there's an archive folder, so that's if I I've done it, I don't need it anymore, it goes away. There's a later folder, so stuff I need to follow up on, and then there's the unsubscribe folder. So, you know, in Gmail they give you an unsubscribe folder and it will unsubscribe you from anything you don't want anymore, but if you don't use Gmail or if you just want a, a reminder like I don't need this newsletter anymore, I don't want to follow I don't want to get follow-ups from the store anymore, throw it in there, go through it once a week, and then unsubscribe from all the stuff you don't want anymore. Mhm. Mm yeah, perfect. Um, that 
we've talked about archive and delete. <clears throat> so if you did flag that email for whatever reason, and you are going to go back to it today. Um, get the ones you've processed out of there mm -hmm. right away. You don't have to delete them. I understand that a lot of people have jobs that will prevent them from de ever deleting an email. That's totally understandable and fine. But do find a place you archive it so that it goes and lives off in cold storage and it's not visual clutter, it's not mental clutter, it's not something you have to sort through like your friend with 14,000 email messages. So um, either delete if you can. If you can't, then find a good way to archive messages that are spent. Right. And, and yet, I think it's it's good to remember this is not about people have probably heard inbox zero and, mm -hmm. and it, a lot of people see it as like a cult. Like I have to get to inbox zero by all means necessary. And inbox zero was started by Merlin Mann and just as a way the way he, yep. he talked about it. Every email is a pebble. And so if you're holding a couple of pebbles, that's not too bad. You can carry a couple of pebbles around. But the more pebbles you get, the more emails you get. Well, that's another pebble in your hand that you have to carry around. And pretty soon mm -hmm. you're like the people I work with. You're carrying 15,000 pebbles. <laughs> and it's impossible. So you know, to get to inbox zero, it just means there's nothing you have to worry about. But I don't believe that you know inbox zero by any means necessary is necessarily a a great philosophy because it it sort of puts this this deadline on you or this 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 pressure and and unnecessary need to just like get through it. And it's not about that. It's about processing the email you get in a meaningful way. So it's not weighing you down. If you need that email in your inbox for, to, as a reminder to do something, then leave it there. It's not going to hurt you. It's about getting the stuff out of the way, the, the sale emails, the newsletters, the, the, the little stuff, the thanks emails that we'll, we'll talk about in a second, you know, that kind of stuff that you don't necessarily need to have in your inbox staring you in the face every day. Get rid of it. Get what you need out of it and get rid of it. And then leave the stuff that you absolutely need to hold on to where you can get to it. Hey, I just want to say thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> I hate those emails. Everyone hates those emails. Here's the thing. If I'm at work and I'm on a chain with seven other people, and at the end of the thread, Jane comes up with the solution that we all need, and then everyone writes, thanks, Jane. Jane, that was great. Hey, thanks a lot, Jane. Thanks. I appreciate that. Okay, A, it, you're being very polite and gracious, mm -hmm. and I, that's wonderful, and I'm sure Jane appreciates it. But don't send it to the whole group, um, because if I see seven new messages i'm compelled to read each one because i think well maybe there's something important maybe there's something in for, for me in there that i can't let slip through the cracks so now i've spent right. five minutes reading all of your thanks and this is as you i know you're about to say this illustrates two problems at once doesn't it it does uh it's it's the problem of um that you don't need to thank everyone on the chain yes uh, you don't need to send a thank you unless there's another reason to send a thank you right um i feel like the thank you should be implied um but it also illustrates the problem with reply all reply <laughs> all is the devil it's, and it the last incarnate the la yeah it is and the last company i worked for disabled the reply all button in the outlook strip in the, in the top of the, the bar right so the only way you could use it is the key the key command it was like it was a control shift r um that's the only way you could reply all to an email so it was fantastic. Right. You cannot be trusted with this, so I am taking it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very good. Um, there are other email best practices you can go and um, adopt. Uh, the one quick one I'll share right now is to try to designate a time for email. And if you can't say every day at noon I'm doing email, at least designate a time when you're going to stop uh, doing email for the day. Yes. Um, I like to stop my day at 4 p.m. if I can. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, email clients on your phone. I do have two. 
Hey is for absolutely everything, and I use Outlook for work. Uh, hey is in the dock front page, front and center. Well, I guess always front and center on my phone. But Outlook mm-hmm. is five pages back all by itself. Notifications turned off because when the day is over, I don't want to be looking at that. Right. And you know what? If you if you turn off the notifications, it's your weekend. Um, you know, even even let's say you don't turn off the notifications. Mm-hmm. Let's say throughout the weekend you're getting pinged left and right and center, but they know you're not going to respond to this until Monday. You could even feasibly keep drafts open or, or have it on your your um, home screen. Tap it. And then start drafting those responses that you're going to send Monday morning. This way, they're ready to go. You don't have to worry about them knowing, oh, he's up now. He's, he's available on the weekend, and we can, he can respond to our emails now. They're drafted, ready to go for later, and then you don't accidentally send them when they're in draft in the actual email client. Yeah, I've you don't want to set sometimes. that precedent. Exactly. So just, you know, if, if it's something quick, you know, not, nothing you have to think too hard about, just do it in drafts, get it done now, and then leave it for Monday morning and send it right away out of drafts. And then you don't have to worry about it. Can I just say, I've been reading Max Barkey's drafts guide. Oh, I have it. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's are fair, you doing fair, the videos yeah. or are you doing the, um, the, the reading through? Oh, the videos. I want to hear David's yeah. dulcet tones. I know he's fantastic. He's got a great radio voice. <laughs> he does. He's very, very good at, uh, screencasts. He's very, very good. Yeah. I, li- I listen to focused and I listen to Mac power users and I listen to automators. So I've, I've got Dave, <laughs> All week, every week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to come have him say hello on the show. Yes, definitely. Uh, in the meantime, I think, uh, again, we're not, the, this wasn't the tip of the iceberg. This was the tip of the tip of the iceberg of email. Yes. We could go on and on and on. Um, but suffice to say, um, find a piece of app software that works for you. Um, find some plugins that can enhance what you're doing if you do and um, try to adopt some best practices. And if you can try to spread those best practices among the people in your sphere, like a nice creamy peanut butter, just spread it out. Please. We could do an entire episode on email best practices and, and fill it up. We probably do two episodes on email best practices. That There's sounds like so a challenge. Uh, accepted. <laughs> <laughs> gauntlet thrown and accepted. Yeah. All right, folks. If you want to throw a gauntlet at either Harry or myself, Harry, how can they find you to do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HC Marks. And, you know, let's just do the newsletter, the study.substack.com. Uh, it's a writing newsletter. Feel free to sign up. And it comes around one, once a week, once every other week. It's, I, I've sort of fallen behind a little bit. But, yep, that's it. Harry, I'm waiting for that link tree. I know I got to get a link tree set up and then I'll just throw that out at the end of the episode and everyone can find me there. Cause there's honestly way too many links to throw out now. <laughs> you are everywhere. Uh, I am. I am nowhere except David Kahlo, uh, at Twitter. Uh, please send me your toots and I will read them until then. Uh, enjoy email and go get some work done. Bye. Bye. <laughs>